Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Generic Video Game Podcast. Episode 30 is about to unravel as Molly and I have just returned from a gaming tour that has taken us through Las Vegas, Dracula's Castle, Nigeria, 18th century Japan, Ivelisse, and San Diego. Thanks for tuning in once again to what is sure to be another GVGP episode that is anything but generic. It's unlimited play tonight, so sit back and enjoy this 60 minute tour de force. And boy, are our arms tired. <laughs> Racking up those、uh, air miles. Yes. So,、uh, just.、Uh, we didn't go anywhere. Don't, don't go anywhere. No, we, we, we、uh, it was the、anywhere. comfort of our own homes. And、yes. for those who couldn't figure it out,、uh, Vegas refers to recent、uh, Evo 2017, Dracula's Castle, referring to、uh, the Castlevania series now on Netflix. Nigeria referencing Doomfist, who's entering、mm. Overwatch in the coming week. 18th century Japan tying to the uncut Samurai Showdown 5 special coming to PS4、mm. and Vita end of August. And San Diego for what is now going underway and answers one of my questions that I've yet to ask Molly tonight as to whether or not she was covering San Diego Comic Con this year.、Oh. But I... <laughs> no, I made sure to never go to that again. <laughs> I think I did two years, is what I ended up doing. Two or、wow. three. I think maybe two. I don't know. Wow. But, you know, it's like before San Diego, before we get to that,、um, it's, you know, it's funny because, like, I kind of think, and this is like sad old me, is like I, I enjoy events more just staying at home <laughs> and experiencing them from there. You know, I mean, because I went to Evo and I loved going to Evo and it, it was fun. But it's the kind of thing where I think you really. If you're going to go, you have to know people and have people to hang out with and, you know, enter tournaments and stuff like that. And I did a little bit of that, but I didn't do too much. And it was a fun experience, but I realized it's just so nice just sitting at home and just booting up Twitch and like watching it, you、right. know, and just having that enjoyment of not having to find a seat and, and whether or not you can see and things like that.、Um, I think it'd be fun now that they're in like the big kind of stadium at the end, you know, the, the not stadium, but the arena. Um, that would be really cool to go see, but it's like, you know, E3 is the same way. I think if, if you have the chance and maybe go one year, you know, but it's not like I think people get a better experience for most folks who just want that fun of games being announced and stuff. Like, you get a much better experience being at home and just, just getting it all from there. I, I would agree for the most part. I think the one big, uh, Uh, division between E3 and Evolution, though, is you know, Evolution is really for the love of the game and competitive、yeah. play. And there's a lot of things like if you can find them, there's like a lot of you know, in, in hotel rooms and stuff, like, <clears throat> like gatherings、right. where people are playing games and things like that. You know. Well, I have、uh, obviously we're now jumping into Evo 2017 that took place、uh, a mere seven days ago. And I was a little worried because、uh, doing a video game podcast, I felt like crud because every year I watch at least 20, 25 hours of play. And this year I started off real slow and I only got a couple hours in. And I'm like, boy, I better really get cracking because I know this is a topic that's going to come up. But、uh, I am pleased to say I picked up the pace last Sunday, having watched a portion of Tekken 7.、Uh, a bit of Smash. I'll tell you why I actually watched Smash、uh, more this year than. Years prior. And then I did watch in its entirety the final three and a half to four hours of the 
uh, top eight of Street Fighter V. So when it was all said and done, I probably watched realistically a solid six, seven hours of Evo this year, which is my mm-hmm. least in the last nine years. But I still feel like I covered enough to to get a good uh, grip of everything. I also watched a tiny bit of uh, Belay Blue. But um, yeah, I you know like I I always feel really guilty if I don't watch a whole lot just because I know it's like that's the weekend right and and right. if you don't watch it then it's not going to be around for most of the right. rest of the year you know smaller tournaments sure but like um, just this year I had work stuff to do and other things I didn't get a chance to really see too much of it you know which was a shame I watched a good chunk of Friday's kind of Street Fighter preliminaries and then I did get back in time to see. Kind of the end of Street Fighter, and what happened there. Um, but yeah, like I love watching it, and like I, I always feel bad, kind of like you, is if I don't watch enough of it. Right. But I, you know, I also got a chance to watch. Um, what day was it? I was watching. Maybe it was the day. I don't remember, but I, I think I watched the King of Fighters. Yeah, I think before I left, we watched the King of Fighters uh, finals too. Cause mm. I, do, I do like watching and supporting KOF. And that one that was fun. So how was that? It was pretty good. Yeah. I did not see. I did not see any of KOF this year. Yeah, that was pretty good. Hmm. I mean, like, it, I like. I think my favorite is still. Was it 2015 when they had the like? There was one year that like King of Fighters 13's finals were just so. Oh, it was so amazing. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It was like that year was so good. I was like, this game's never gonna die. I know it's a shame too. I was like, it's it's. I mean, like, not that 14 like. You know, I've gotten past hating 14 like I did, like, originally. I mean, before mm. it came out, you know, and I, I really appreciate what it is now and things like that. But um, I really miss that 2D sprite era of King of Fighters. I do, too. And I actually popped that in a few months ago. I hadn't popped it in in years just to look at it again. And I had, you know, because it had, it had been out of my mind for so long. And- I think if we'd gotten, like, one more good year, that I would have been okay with it. You know? Yeah. Just give us... If if fourteen had been like a kind of like a trilogy, you know, just one more game, get get you know six or seven more characters in that we were missing, and have that be the finale, mm-hmm. that would have been great. At least we got thirteen. You know, if it's up to twelve, that would have been really disappointing. Just because okay. twelve. I mean, I liked twelve for what it was, you know, but it wasn't whatever he was wanting yeah 12 you knew was a foundation of the future like you could see what was coming so i like 12 in terms of like wow this visual step is exactly what i want but it was you know bare bones slim pickings so when 13 came i'm like okay you know this is double edge like we're gonna get years of this so we better enjoy it because we're gonna get sick of it about five years from now yeah but I can't believe we didn't even get like we got thirteen, which was awesome, and I can't believe they didn't do at least one more, like because they reused those sprites from the uh, Neo Geo era for so many years, yeah. and you figure they finally took the plunge for this, and they only did two installments with it. But you know, never say never, right? You never know. Yeah, like, and I mean, they, you, they, you know, yeah, I, I don't think they would, but they could always go back. And, you know, release, like, an ultimate match version of 13 or something. Right. Where we maybe get, like, three new characters, like, one more team. You know, you, you never know. But it's, it's I I just, I would have felt better moving on to what was 14 if we had had just one more game. Right. 
and I'll say this, make sure to steer me back on path to evolution and what we're talking about now because I'm going to take a little bit of a side path. Okay. But I was in a weird mood in recent weeks, and I don't have it in front of me because, as you and the fans know, we never really know where a generic video game podcast is going to take us topic-wise. Even though we come prepared with bullet points and notes, sometimes our conversations take us elsewhere. So I was in a weird mood and cracked open the untold history of Japanese game developers recently and was reading more of it. Hmm. Because as many know, it's about a 500-page ordeal, and I've probably legit read through about half of it. So there's still chunks I've you know either skimmed over or read out of order, so I went back to it. and uh, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but the original SNK, or the man behind Neo Geo, and I believe possibly SNK himself, is Kawasaki-san. Does that sound correct? <sighs> so I hope I'm not getting his name wrong, because I don't have the book in front of me right now. But there's Maybe. A- I'm trying to think. So, because here's the weird thing is some may or may not know, you know, SNK and particularly the Neo Geo Geo era that started in around 90, you had SNK and then you had the early 2000s, which were real funky because there was the bankruptcy ordeal, assets got sold off, and then assets came back with a rebranded SNK as SNK Playmore. And then later on, fast forward around the era of King of Fighters 12, which was around 09-ish, I think Kawasaki-san got back in. And the gentleman I read the interview with had passed through SNK around that era, but there must be a lot of respect for the SNK uh, founder because some people came back to work for him particularly and because of his vision with games. And But it's interesting because, you know... The art style of 12 and 13 didn't stick around longer or at least yet. And I think that he was at the helm of that because with his dealings with SNK, he is more game focused. And it does seem like there's been so much back and forth with that company that we, you know, it would literally, we could do multiple shows on it. Mm-hmm. But I'm just bringing it up because it was fresh in my mind that it's interesting, like, to see where developers come from and go. And, like, this gentleman had done stuff for other companies. I dare say even Konami at one point and then went back to SNK for I, – I hope I'm not getting the guy's name wrong – Kawasaki. And um, he did some work in China, lived in England temp, you know, for a bit, and then went back to SNK in Japan for a multitude of reasons. But And now he's moved on from there doing something else. But, uh, yeah, it was just reading about that and it was, you know – SNK and and uh, King of Fighters in particular is fresh in my head because of that interview, and then it brings comes full circle to what we're talking about tonight in the, you know, the more three D polygonal direction they took with fourteen. All right, Mister Mister Twenty Four Bit AJE uh, has SNK Neo Geo history in his Twitter name. Even uh, what does SNK stand for? Oh, I know that without looking it up. Do you? Yeah, it's Shin Nihon Kikaku. Is it Kikatsu? New Japan, New Japan Project. See, I was thinking it was Keihatsu. No. Okay. Yeah, you can double check me. No, I, I, you're probably right. Yeah. No, I was, see, I was going back and forth because I was, I was thinking maybe you were right. Like, I was thinking that, and then I was thinking, wait, maybe am I remembering wrong? Maybe it's Keihatsu. I'll put you to, this is a trick question, kind of, and I don't, this is years ago I read or heard this, so I don't have the source in front of me. Um, do you know any of the story or whatever you can tell me about when the Neo Geo boots up and you see the 330 mega number? Do you know the reasoning behind 330? Wait, you uh, you what did you say that K was, by the way? <laughs> Kikaku. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Project, I, right? No, I was thinking Kihatsu. Um, okay, reason for 330. 
it's kind of a trick question because it's it's there I is mean, an answer to this, but it's not. I mean, so I mean, there, there's two obvious answers. Like the first is it's a memory limit. You know, it's the reason why you go back in, in so many RPG in the past, and like 256 was the biggest number you could have in certain stats mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, so that's one of my would be one of my guesses. But there's you're also, pretty close already. Yeah, yeah okay. Going. I was also going to say it could be the whole CD thing. You know, like why are CD 74 minutes long? And it's because. <laughs> there was one of Beethoven's symphonies that Sony wanted to put entirely onto one CD. And that's the entire, I think it's Beethoven. And that was the entire wow. reason why CDs were 74 minutes long. Wow. And so I was like, maybe like there was like a certain project they wanted to do right. that would take exactly 330. Um, so it was like a memory, like a dress, like how yeah, much, how much the memory Yeah, the story I had read was that the developers or programmers would have you behind the hardware they were told that they wanted to put a number up like when it booted in, in correlation to like the what they felt would be the maximum capacity of what a Neo Geo cartridge could hold. Mm-hmm. So they came up with the number 330. So it was never a solidified specific max, but they felt that that would probably be the maximum they could achieve on that. But then as we know now, years on, yeah. that they were able to achieve between seven and 800 plus. But... Um, I think a thing that might be a lot unclear to a lot of people, though, for uh, gaming nerds and PC nerds, just to clarify, well, that is an extremely large number for a cartridge by far, which is huge. Especially compared to like, what we're getting in that era. like yeah, it's That's megabits, not megabytes. So if you divide that by eight, you're going to get more of a true PC, what I call a PC number is kind of what I call it to myself. like Because everything is measured. Like if you installed Doom or something back in the day, I don't know what the number was, but like if that was 16 megs, like on if you were to put it into Neo Geo numbers, that would be like 16 times eight. Right. Because wasn't, yeah. wasn't like Strider... Oh, God. Strider on Genesis, first, was it eight or 16? Uh, first eight? eight mega memory. So that's yeah. one megabyte. Yeah, it was the first eight megabits. I mean, you think about like that, we're getting those kind of games, and then here comes the Neo Geo with these crazy high numbers. Sure, that's still, I mean, even with that math, with that up, upping the number, you're still anywhere from 20 to 40 plus times the size of a, you know, Genesis or SNES card at the time. You know, I, I kind of miss numbers. <laughs> like as dumb as they were, and as, as like like, this is a perfect example. Neo Geo twenty four bit. It's not twenty four bit. Twenty four bit doesn't exist. You know. Well, um, what but, do you mean by that? Well, it uses a sixteen bit and eight bit chips. Yeah, but that's not how bits work. Like you don't just add them together. That's that, that was the the Turbo Graphics thing. Is that Turbo Graphics wasn't really a sixteen bit <laughs> console. It was an eight bit console. Okay. You know, because you can't right. just, like add I, I, I know what you're talking together. about. Yeah. yeah. Um. But, like, I, I just, like, as dumb as they were, like, I miss numbers, you know? I miss, like, 16-bit generation, 8-bit generation, 32-bit right. generation, you know? Right. And just all these, like, numbers, yeah, like, what, what megabit, you know, the 100 mega shock or, you know, like, <laughs> like, like Strider said, on the box, you know, yeah. 8 meg, 8 meg cartridge. Oh, my God, it's 8 meg. Nobody knew what the hell that meant, but it was exciting because they were saying it was 8, so 8 must be a great thing, you know? I just miss, like, numbers like that. Hey, I have to stick this story in here. It is in my notes. It's way out of order. And after this quick story, I promise we're going to get back to Evo. Speaking of all this stuff and reading through that untold book, did you know that Swicoden? I know, what a, what a change, right? Going to uh, RPG. Swicoden was originally intended as a title 
for Konami's early 90s console, which was in development, which never saw light of day. I didn't know that it was. I mean, I, I remember the rumors of there being a Konami system. God, did we well, have it, a name for that? Uh, well, there was no, I don't believe so, because there is a system in there which was shown the title. Was it the title? Wow, wow. Mm-hmm. But the there was truly to be a Konami console, which was probably being looked at around 92, 93 bracket. But what stopped it, what Konami pulled the plug on it because then they had seen what's like they got wind of PlayStation and then they decided to develop for it. But it's very interesting because Swickoden actually started as a the Konami console project for their RPG. And then I think the Swickoden we got, the one and two, which are considered masterpieces and classics, those I think took place storyline wise. It Don't quote me on this part. Before the Swicoden, which was meant to be on the Konami console, although there were some character names and elements which were reused in the PlayStation versions. But very interesting, like a lot of stuff that you would never, a lot of, a lot of crazy stories in there. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I think I remember actually reading that in Game Fan is, is like, because I mean, back then there were so many rumors of consoles, you know, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was an era where, you know, companies making their own consoles wasn't the most crazy thing in the world. And, you know, for anybody who wasn't around back in, in, in that time, like SNK making their own system, you know, arcade, arcade side, it made sense because an interesting thing was happening on the arcade side where, you know, instead of selling individual boards to, to arcade owners over and over, you'd sold this piece of hardware that you could plug cartridges into. You know, they were taking the idea of home consoles and trying to move it to arcade, so that made sense. But, like, for SNK to bring it as a home console, like, you have to understand that SNK was a company just like Konami, just like a Capcom, you know. So it would have been in that era like a Konami or a Capcom making their own system. Like, there was nothing about SNK that stood out to people in terms of saying, oh, this is company makes complete sense to make their own system. And, and at the point that they were doing that, like, SNK wasn't a fighting game company. Right. You know, like, I mean, the, the, the initial launch of the Neo Geo, I don't think, had any fighting games. Because I think it was at least a year or so before. I think it was Nam uh, 75 and Magician Lord. Are you calling Magician Lord a fighting game? No, no, no. Th- okay. Those are the two launch titles, yes. right? Th- yeah. There was. Okay. No, I, I, don't I, was think like, they got I was like, wait. I, I don't think their first fighter was until the original Fatal Fury. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Garad and Tetsu, whatever was, whatever the rest was. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I mean, so it's so weird to think now because just Neo Geo, synonymous with fighting games. SNK, this like fighting game company that wanted their own har- hardware to make fighting games. You know, and that wasn't it at all. It was just a really weird, like, people were like, why is SNK making a, a console? Right. And that's it. But then you learn about the whole arcade side of things and why they were doing it. And it was just like, they were like, screw it. <laughs> Might as well bring it home, too. And it was yeah, see and it was, what happens. That was kind of a sign of the times as to the genre that was hot. I mean, that would be like, um, let's make believe some unique console came out from X company around the early 2000s at the time that was a powerhouse and they just went with the trends you'd probably get a console that was primarily focused around fps yeah you know yeah but um we don't worry we have more snk news to cover on this uh whether we want to or not because we're going to steer this back oh i'd say real quick i'm sorry i'm to interrupt you but yeah my 
my very and I, I feel bad for her now because I, I was a little bit like rude to her because I didn't appreciate how hard it was to find things in Japan but um, <laughs> my very first trip to Japan oh I know this story you've told it it's an unbelievable one uh, because this is totally what I would have done when yes, I was younger as well, I, was, I was so okay I don't remember if I've told them on this podcast or not so if I have no it wasn't on this me. show but I remember okay. hearing this and I laughed uh, so I was dating a Japanese girl, and and she lived in she lived she didn't live in Osaka, but Osaka was the the city that I was going to be landing in because that was the closest big international airport to where she lived. Um, and her sister was living in Osaka at the time, so we were going to stay with her sister for a few days. Uh, and I get to see Osaka as my first kind of big. No, I'm sorry. It was going to be after we we went down to her hometown, and then before I left, we went to Osaka for a bit. Um, and so, you know, she's like, what do you want to do in Osaka? And, and for anybody who's been to Osaka, you know, you know, there's like, there's like Namba area, you know, there's Dinden Town, there's, uh, Tsutenkaku and, and, and Umeda area. And there's, there, you know, now there's Universal Studios Japan and things like that. Um, and also, of course, nearby you have Kyoto and Kobe to, or Kyoto and Nara to very, uh, no, Nara, Kyoto, yeah. I think I'm. I my my brain might be mixed up here, because um, I think Kobe is pretty close too. Uh, it's been a long day. Sorry. Uh, That's where the Kobe. Not to get you off track. Kobe quake in the early nineties, right? Yes. Yeah, which actually, real quick uh, snippet, destroyed the old Konami office. They had to relocate, but keep going. I am. I'm. I've got to check this now because I'm. I'm totally okay. So we go to Osaka. Oh come on! I you, yes, you can do that. So this is where I lived. Okay, no, that's not that. That's not like Japan. As, as people get to like listen to me typing. Okay. And for those who don't know, as uh, Molly's typing away, um, while I haven't been there firsthand, I do know that Osaka is about four hours from Tokyo. For the from those who don't know, and there's kind of a friendly rivalry between both. Cities. Oh, there's more. It's more than friendly. It's it's West Coast <laughs> East Coast basically. If you think about American side, um, people, it's 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 kind of funny because I think the way I I hear it explained sometimes. Uh, humorously is that people in Osaka don't like people in Tokyo and wow. people in Tokyo don't even think about people in Osaka. <laughs> it's like that, that madman meme. Uh, but yes, I was completely right. There's Kobe, Kyoto, and Nara. And Kyoto and Nara are like these two kind of historical districts. So there's all these things in Osaka you could be wanting to go do when you go there. Uh, but the the main thing I told my my girlfriend was you have to take me to the SNK building. And so, and so I literally I literally went and took pictures of the building from the outside in the ways that you would see that building in like SNK games, like in the background wow. of like King of Fighters and things like that. Yeah. Because it had the blue SNK logo on the side and everything. So I had to go to that building. And then there was the kind of main Neo Geo world uh, down on the ground so, floor. Oh, okay, so you got to see Neo Geo world when it was up and running? Yep. How was that? I played I played Mark of the Wolves there. So that puts you at around ninety nine. This would have been uh, two thousand. Okay. Wait. How was it? Uh, yeah. How how was it uh, at Neo Geo Land? It was it was like um it was surprisingly like very low key. It was like a almost really I would say kind of like a very clean but almost kind of like just like a, like a mall arcade. 
How, because I remember like reading about it, seeing some shots and like, you know, when you're younger, it's a whole, you know, much like you're describing. But I was like, oh, my God, like this looks so awesome. And I, what I would do to go there, um, how even though we're talking about pixel art versus reality, like how does that background in King of Fighters 95, the Japan team's background, which literally was in front of Neo Geo Land compared to it visual like. Like, do you know that spot? And if I, if, like, and if I said world, I meant land, by the way. I think I meant said world. Okay. Um, it was like, it's, you know, it's funny because I don't know if we entered. I don't remember. I don't remember the outside. I mean, I remember, I vaguely remember, you know, kind of the, yeah, because you see it. What game was it in the background of? Uh, there's a couple games. Well, yeah, yeah. But there's Cough like that Night- one, like it's really literally like right in front of the. But I think the Cough ninety five had it. That was yeah. the first time I believe I saw it, and then outside of that, I think was the original CVS. But like my memory is of something that was really low key, and I don't. So I don't know if it was like what I played was just more, a smaller one in in kind of the corporate building. Mm. That's that. So I don't. I don't completely remember because I don't remember it being. I don't remember it being this kind of gigantic spectacle could have you missed its heyday by a few years um because you figure you figure that mid 90s bracket would have been neo geo's peak because this says the most famous one was was in in Osaka near snk playmore's current building um this particular spot was made into the company's showroom of various machines park open sometimes and closed so it would have been it would have been four years before it closed Hmm. So I I I I'm I'm thinking like maybe we entered in from a different way or something. Cuz I remember it being like a smaller not as cuz I don't remember it being like oh my god this is a gigantic arcade kind of thing. So I don't know like I'm curious to go back and see if I have pictures of it. Because now I'm thinking maybe I did go to the main one. B- before you finish out your story I have I'm going to ask two questions. One was um now now that the questions are escaping my brain um. Oh, was there was there a bunch of exclusive like SNK swag or shirts or bags I or don't any- remember that? Like I literally like I don't. It's it's funny because some parts of that trip are, are complete blur because you have to remember that this was um me going to Japan for the first time ever in my life. Mm-hmm. So I think part of it was just taking everything in you know it right. was such a different world and it and it was so crazy that i think i kind of have forgotten a lot of the smaller details of things and and i remember her not i remember us not being uh, uh i think she was mad because like i said i didn't appreciate how hard it was to find things in japan like you don't know how hard it is because there's no, like, for the most part, there's no street names or anything. Yeah, I've heard that. I don't know if it was just from you or in general. Like, that's a really challenging concept to yes. understand. Like, how is that possible? So I'm like, I don't understand why a Japanese person can't find something in Japan, you know, which which now I I feel very sorry for her in the way I treated her. And so I think she was mad at me at that point that we got to Neo Geo land. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a case of we didn't stay there very long. It was a ch- chance for me to see the building and go inside I got to play, you know, Mark of the Wolves a little bit and played a few other things. And then I think we kind of left. So I don't, I don't remember us looking around too much. Let, let me and, ask and then, you and one then, more. And then oh, sorry. Before you go, I did also later on a trip 
since I was living in Osaka, I got to the bridge underpass that is in King of Fighters 98. Like, me finding that crosswalk was an important thing, too. Why am I not picture? I'm picturing the one from 96. There's the one where, like, like it's it's the the kind of ceiling of the stage, if you want to call oh, it that. It's covered with, with all the, the cars with going the overpass, back and forth. And there's all the cars in the background. Oh, yeah. wow. Like, right behind you, they're kind of, like, are stopped there because you're fighting. What, that that you place this, exists. So. What about that spot in 96, which was used for Japan Team's background in Athena? I... I Never went there, but I'm pretty certain it did exist because I, I know mm. that would have been because I think that's a, that's the one you, where you see the SNK building in the background, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm sure that existed. It's just I did we didn't get that specific spot. Uh, let me ask you this now. This story I'm really pulling out of my backside from almost 20 years ago when I used to work at then Babbage's, and I want to say the customer that came in may have been of Japanese descent, or it was from a customer, and maybe I don't know if I was naive or. Uh, this seemed to be a valid source of sorts. And is there any truth to the fa- of what was said that people in Japan and those in particular who are SNK fans or like own Neo Geo product and that it was more of not just being into the games or gaming, but it was more of a status symbol, like almost comparable to that of someone of like who owns a BMW or sports cars. Now we both know that to be a Neo Geo collector, you have to have some money. Or it's, I was going to say, I mean, think about the Western side of things and how but that's gone. Was, is there any truth to that? Like, did you? I don't ever know. Hear like, I, I didn't. I didn't know anybody in Japan other than Westerners who who had uh, Neo Geos. Like, wow. I didn't really talk to... I mean, like, I, mean, I just I didn't meet that many people because you have to... Yeah. You know, I lived... When I was living there, I lived in an apartment complex that was for um, international students. So almost everybody in my life that I knew until I started making outside friends were, were all, you know, foreigners to the country I like see. I was. I see, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like, the people that... You know, my friend who's the hardest core gamer... Uh, of the people I know in Japan, she was not really SNK. Like, she mm. was more... She liked... You know, the reason we started talking was because she loved Resident Evil. And that's why we started okay. conversing. Um, so I didn't really know anybody offhand who was, like, kind of native that was into the Neo Geo stuff. Hmm. So I, I don't know for sure. I mean, I, I kind of would guess that it might be, but I'm not certain. Another crazy thing, talking about Osaka, you know, it's not just SNK, but they're, well, I'll give you two biggies, kind of. Capcom's also in Osaka, and so is Platinum Games. Yep. So there's a few, there's, you know, there's there's a handful of... And I mean, of, what, uh, Nintendo's Kyoto? Yeah, because they're like in the most traditional spot. Yeah. Isn't Kyoto like one of the most traditional towns yeah. or cities in Japan? Like it's very like it hasn't changed in that yeah. respect. And they're not like and they're not like next door to Osaka, but it's 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 pretty it's pretty close, and they're they're kind of like neighboring cities. Isn't that one of the few spots where there are still some modern day geisha left? Yeah, but yeah, I've, yeah. Seen, I've seen them walking around. Wow. Well, let's kind of we're about thirty minutes in on this. Uh, 60-minute blast episode once again. We're going to try to do another recording uh, within the next week, hopefully. But um, let's kind of blaze down. We got – I don't know where you want to start with Evolution. Do you want to start with the SF5 finals and then go to some of the announcements? Sure. I was was really torn with the finals because for those who don't know, it came down to Japan's Tokido taking on 
the USA's PG Punk. And I actually kind of followed PG Punk closely this year, as I think many others, because not only because of his previous teabagging video game antics and just his kind of um, uh, confident attitude, you know, he's also, but he's been a great player that came out of nowhere this past year on the scene, uh, playing cut in, uh, and is still considered, even though he fell short, and even, you know, some people still consider the best Street Fighter V player currently in the world, having quite a run through Evo. But Tokido, who's competed in, I don't know, I don't know, he's been competing about 20 years, almost as long as Daigo. And he's gotten multiple second place spots in the past. He's been a top eight finalist. Many people thought he was going to take it last year and fell short. And this year, his only loss in the tournament came to PG Punk, sending him to loser's bracket. But he was on one hell of a tear on day three tearing through all making his way all the way back into losers finals resetting the bracket and taking winners it was an amazing amazing run and for those who don't know with the way evo is set up and this is easier said than done and i think they had about 2500 street fighter 5 entrants the best way to go through evo and win evo is you don't want to lose and let me let me explain if you stay in winners and you never get sent to losers and you never have to fight your way back out of losers. You, I think it's somewhere between you only have to win. What is it? I don't have, what is it? Like eight to 10 times or something like that. Like throughout the whole course of yeah, that they're, three they're days. Same, yeah. But once you get sent to losers, that number like multiplies. I don't want to say exponentially, but it's, it is crazy. So kind of the running joke is. Don't lose because once you lose and have to fight your way back out, it's quite a challenge. But Tokido did that. And I, I was torn because I've been a longtime fan and have watched Tokido a lot over the last nine years since they really started the streams regularly online and, you know, making their way to whether it be apps, ESPN, Twitch. And he's a phenomenal player, you know, always playing Akuma, always puts on a show. So a piece of me was like, you know, I really want him to win. He's worked really hard. You know, he's a well-known name, but then it was so tough. You know, PG Punk was the only American to make it to Evil Finals since Pretty Ricky or back in 2009 or 10, mm. which is crazy when she played Daigo. So there were only, I think, two Americans in the top. It was either, yeah, two Americans in the top, or three, I think. It was three to five. Three Americans. American made it to the finals. First time in almost a decade. But Tokido took it. And I mean, you you couldn't, like, write the story better. Because you have the the youth side of the the coin. That's right. You have the American, and he's burning through the winner's bracket, you know. And, and you're, like, rooting for him to keep going and really go all the way with this. Meanwhile, you have the Japanese player from a country that's kind of been, like, you know, are we still relevant in Street Fighter? Because you've had all these other, other co- countries kind of coming up and, and taking some of the glory from Japan. And you have right. Takedo, who is, like, this this veteran who's kept trying and kept trying and just never had that real chance who had to just fight tooth and nail, like, in loser's bracket. So, I mean, it was just, like, the perfect story to write for how these things would end. 
to the point where like, you know, you kind of were okay with either person winning. Right. And and as much as people were pulling for punk, you know, on especially on the American side, like I think nobody felt bad about Tokido winning. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's been years where the you know, people did not like the person who won. Mm-hmm. I think this was a story where, like, you know, it was just so worked out so well to have these two great fighters who represented just two totally different things, but yet they both kind of were were gunning and deserving of of being in that spot. And crazily, uh, PG Punk's nickname is inspired by pro wrestler MMA fighter CM Punk, and you might have seen on Twitter the other day, shockingly, that CM Punk sent a heartfelt message to pg oh did he yeah it was crazy and it was retweeted by kenny omega and a bunch of other people so i was you know when i saw pg punk's name i'm like wow i wonder i was like thinking i wonder if that's like a play on cm punk but i'm like nah maybe not and uh, i guess it it was that's 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 cool yeah but yeah back on the evil front uh outside of sf5 which you know no matter what no matter what negativity or hate goes into it i gotta tell you it's always fun watching street fighter in the final somehow it always pulls through with a great showcase you know, there's always the question marks as to how much longer is this, you know, SF5 going to hang in there. But it was it was a great showing. Um, what did you think of Final Fight's boss character, mm. Abigail, entering Street Fighter V Season 2 on July 25th? I've, I've really, I don't say really, I've, I've <laughs> warmed up to him more yeah. in the days after his reveal mm-hmm. as we've seen more of him. Um but th- and this might sound completely weird. I kind of don't like that. <clears throat> so, you know, the Street Fighter Five universe, like Zangief, was the the big guy, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and and I mean later on, Sagat kind of became one of the big guys, well, but we originally he yeah. wasn't. Uh, yeah. But Zangief was like one of the like okay of the big guys. Like he is kind of the the, the stick by which you measure everybody else. Um. And then Hugo came along. Yeah, that one when in what was it? Third Strike. When I first yeah. saw that, I was like, I mean, probably not since the days of Earthquake, and that's a different style and sprites. But for Street Fighter, when I saw Hugo out in the animation, I was like, what? And 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 you know, I was okay with that because he was like, okay, this is we're talking about the crazy big characters in Street Fighter. Like Hugo right. is it, and he was also He's based right. around Andre the Giant. That's right. And so that. Kind of made sense. Can, can I throw in another wrestling uh, nerdy fact while we're on this Street Fighter topic? Sure. Did you know in Street Fighter Three Third Strike? I know when, what you're going to say. But or actually with Impact, excuse yes. me, is when he debuted, right? When Hugo and Alex face off for that yep. brief moment chest to chest, it's paying homage to Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant from WrestleMania Three. Yep. That's crazy. But yeah, keep going. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, so... Zangief isn't really reduced, you know, he, he's not the <laughs> biggest character, right? but he's still, okay, this is the normal big size, and then we have right. the one kind of freak Hugo. <laughs> and then, like, Abigail comes along, and he's just, like, so much bigger than them that I just kind of feel it's, I don't know, like, it's, it's almost, like, to go back to wrestling, you know, you occasionally have that really big guy, right? Mm-hmm. You ha- occasionally have, like, the Honor the Giant or the, the Giant Gonzalez or people like that, you know, and what you don't do then is bring in somebody bigger than him, right? Because the moment you do, like, he looks smaller. Right. And then everybody that he made look small but still, you know, would work, they look really small. 
Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, like I just I don't I don't like how crazy they've gone with his proportions. And like I I kind of feel, and I mean I don't know that I would I would think it's right, but I think if you're gonna do that kind of size of character, maybe you bring back Hugo and make him that big. Yeah, I was wondering that too. The, the, uh, my feeling on it is I have no idea what to think about it from like a pro standpoint or a gameplay uh, aspect. That's Obviously, we're going yeah. to find that out soon, like how the hitboxes are or what kind, like, you know, the bigger you are, the easier you are to hit. You know what I mean? That's one way to look at it. So I can't speak from like from a pro or from a gameplay perspective. I don't have any comments on it right now. The only thing I find interesting about it, even though I agree with you, I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. Right now, I'm only interested from a tech perspective to see how it handles on screen. Like if there's a lot of clipping or collision um, uh, issues, if they've kept, like if they've maintained that clean and there's no frame rate drops. Like if they have all that in there from from that perspective, that's that's pretty cool. That's That's amazing. But... I have no idea how this is going to play out. I mean, people uh, were wondering like if you could even jump over him. You know, I didn't. Even, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I mean, that was like that was like the first day. Everybody was like, "Can you even jump over him?" And you, you can, you know. But that was like that was like that was as weird as it sounds. That was an actual legitimate concern people had. I wonder if you could jump over him. I wonder if they would alter his animation as as you jump I over think, to make. I think because it does. He, like I think he, he must. Kind of like, it must be a weird he, duck. Or, I'm guessing it must be a weird duck or something. Yeah, I think he, he ducks down a little bit when you jump over him. Wow. But uh, did you did you see, um, in just perpetual poor Capcom screwing things up? Did you see what they did with the trailer though? Did you hear what happened? No. So, um. When Abigail sits off his V-trigger, I think it was his V-trigger, uh, okay. his muscles kind of, like, that's where he, like, kind of, you see the, the smoke steam come out of his ears and his muscles, like, bulk up. Okay. Oh, um, uh, yeah, I vaguely, I vaguely remember, yeah, okay. Yeah, so what Capcom, for some reason, actually did was every moment of footage of Abigail in the trailer is him in his V-trigger bulked up mode. So are you so saying? So they made him look bigger than he actually is most of the time. So are you saying when you play him normally and when he comes for download, it may not be as gargantuan as showcased? It's not necessarily height wise. It's that his muscles aren't that just stupidly. Okay, he's he's proportioned bulked. a little bit better, not as wacky. Yes. Really? Because people were like watching, like people were taking footage of the actual of the 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 gameplays come out of him since then yes yes and they're like wait he doesn't look the same as he looked so it's it seems to be that capcom screwed up and made him (laughs) v trigger bolt up in the entirety of his reveal trailer oh hmm i gotta tell you i am still tempted i haven't bought season two yet i don't know when i you know i might do it the next month have you bought season two yet i i i mean i i have season two for, oh, you for, do for through work reasons, yeah. Okay, yeah. I I still want to try. What is it, Colleen? Yeah, she. I tried found her a little bit. Like I I haven't had a chance to play enough of the season two stuff yet. Um, mm-hmm. but she's she's really neat. She reminds me in a weird like a little bit of like Knocker. I mean, of Rimuru. Oh, really? From, yeah, yeah, from yeah. Sam Show, but yeah. Um, she's not an easy character to really get the mm. hang of. Mm. Yeah. So at some point, I still want to. Give that a shot. Uh, speaking of uh, characters coming soon, the one that certainly blew people away, and I got to tell you, I was like, wow, 
was Geese Howard coming to Tekken 7 DLC 2. That was this crazy. Winter. That was uh that was something. That had a lot of people hype. That and I mean that, that was like a great trailer and yeah, it was. they did a really good job with Geese and Yeah. And you you kind of think like I don't like the idea of him having like a proper English voice, but it it worked for him. But that's how he Oh, well, I don't know if I caught that. I was he always had that odd brokenish English. Yeah, I thought yeah. that's kind of I mean, how it like, came not through like a in really the, yeah. proper kind of English. Yeah. And that not that I remember in in most yeah. games. Um yeah, but but now like the question is is because they're gonna there's one more DLC character right that is for sure from a different series. So like who who are they I, bringing in? Here's the thing: the obvious one, and at this at this rate, it's certainly not seeming obvious because they threw Geese Howard at us. I mean, the obvious one, just for like the the history of Tekken and its original competition, you probably know what I'm going to say. Yeah, I don't. And maybe it might not be the most exciting character, but just to to get it done one time officially, I don't know how that other character can't be Akira from Virtual Fighter. So let me ask you, because there's been I don't know that I want to say it's a rumor because I don't I don't think it's rumor level, but it's been maybe a little bit of speculation, a lot of hoping. Um, what would you think of Kiryu from Yakuza? Okay, because that would look because I've heard, okay because okay so, because that would kind of sort of because you know we can all say the fact that the Yakuza series in in its in its earlier days felt like it was taking some inspiration from Virtua Fighter, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, so that would loosely be the kind of hey, Virtua Fighter connection. Before before I answer your question now i'm starting to get into stupid talk now that you're jogging my memory with these with these curveballs and this just came to me now could you imagine if they threw this curveball people like me are expecting akira and then there's that rumor of kiryu kazama because he you know he is he's got that uh, attitude and that he's not really a villain but you know right he's got that edge to him which would kind of go in line with akuma and geese yeah could you imagine if they changed it up a bit more and the sega character they put in is ryo hmm I mean that that would just be for a shot. I mean, but here's the thing: getting bringing it back down. Okay, normally I would say, why would you? And and, and and wait, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not not to yeah. interrupt you. I should correct myself that the, there's not the Yakuza virtual fighter connection. There is, of course, the Yakuza Shenmue virtual fighter connection. <laughs> you know, because virtual right. fighter helped influence Shenmue, and then Shenmue helped influence Yakuza. So I, right, yeah. Anyway, sorry. So I would say normally I'd be like, what? I'm not just taking away from the popularity, and that's not what I'm getting into. I'm not getting into numbers or sales. I'd be like, why are you putting Kiryu in there when Akira makes more sense from a historic standpoint of the franchise itself and the you know Namco versus Sega? But I will admit, you know, that's me kind of living in the past, and I could also make the argument Kiryu makes more sense because. They could tie that all in story-wise, like with the Yakuza faction and like the Mishima, you know, the Zaibatsu or whatever. And now you've got Geese Howard, another villain coming in. Like they'll tie in probably Southtown or whatever. Akuma was the hired, you know, the most evil person they could find to kill off uh, Heihachi by his former, what was it, his former wife who he thought was dead. So, So look. 
Kiryu fits in in a seedy, underground, edgy, modern, cool factor way. And that's probably what would happen. But I just find it a little bit shocking having, you know, like probably a lot of our listeners, because I can't imagine any casuals really listening to us. But you got to admit, isn't it crazy with this opportunity? I always It always goes back to that ad. Do you remember that old ad from like, I don't know how many years ago, 12, 15 years ago? I think it ran in Famitsu once. And on one, shot, on one side of the page, it was Akira, and the other page was uh, Jin. And no, it said I something that. You don't remember? And it said something like, you're too early and like you're too late, something like that. And it was kind of a teaser, and I'm like, oh, here it comes. They're <laughs> finally going to do Virtual Fighter Tekken. But I don't really recall. It's been a long time. I don't remember exactly why they – I don't know why they did that, and then nothing really came of it. So I always go back to that, and like that seed has always been there. And I also look at it this way. Look, I love Dead or Alive for what it is, and like, but I always look at it this way. If Akira can make it into Dead or Alive, Akira's not going to make it into Tekken. Here's my question for you, Anthony. What does Akira promote if he's put into uh, Tekken? I know, I know you're getting into the business now. You're getting which, into unfortunately, it. is I mean a big part of it. You know, because <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. If they I'm put, not laughing if at they put in Kiryu, I, I can tell you exactly what it promotes. If they put in Akira, I. I don't know why Sega does that other than history. Right. And does history matter at this point to enough people? Right. Hmm. Hmm. Because you look at Geese, Geese makes sense. Because that's a Geese of selling King of Fighters games. And Akuma makes sense because right. Capcom not only is it selling Street Fighter games, but Akuma was the, the only returning character for season two. But hmm. Akira doesn't promote or sell anything hmm unfortunately yeah i don't know yeah now 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 you got me down (laughs) but i mean i I figured you know i mean it's it's complete logic and sense and once again it all comes down to timing it's just between you and me just gamer to gamer without getting into all of that it's just it's just it'll be crazy in my mind that way with an opportunity like this just just from a pure gamer's perspective not anything else it would be crazy if we didn't see akira get into sneak into tekken yeah i agree and then you know right. i mean and i think it's funny because i think i if you told me before it happened the geese would have been going in i would have been like that makes no sense but like <laughs> seeing that trailer like he just worked so well and right. i i give them full credit for making a damn good version of geese right and geese is just like so great i mean god he's just a great character you know and he just never gets old i'm like a certain Dictator with a red hat and cape and well, everything. I'm going to bring up this uh, as I move along to... Uh, Wait, before, this, before you do that real quick. Yeah. It's so funny because um, the NPD numbers came out today, or the, today or yesterday, one of the two, for top-selling games in America for June. And in the top five was Tekken and Crash Bandicoot. We just went back... 20 years. And someone was like, what is this, a PS1 era again? <laughs> Two of the top games from the PS1 era are, are, are like the top selling games in America right, right now. Wow. Hey, what did uh, what did you think of... Uh, there's only a couple more announcements I'll get into. There was more than that, but... Uh, what did you think... Um, 
I had to bring up the article because there was no way I was going to remember this off the top <laughs> of my head. I think I know what you're going to talk about. So yeah, because this was just so – I was like, what in the world? Yes. So there was a new trailer for another fighting game coming in 2018. It's Blay Blue <laughs> Cross Tag Battle. And I'm going to quote some of this from uh, Shoryuken.com. I don't want to take credit for it because I sure as hell didn't remember all this. So as a two versus two fighter Blay Blue cross tag battle, we'll see fighters from Persona 4 Arena, Blay Blue, and I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, Uniel, battling it out in various locations from each game series. Wait, wait, Ruby, wait, what was the last one? I don't know. How do you, what is it? U-N-I-E-L? Oh, oh. It's what is that? Because it's under night. Oh, under night. Yeah, in, in, uh, in blah, blah, blah. Holy yeah. lord. That's, I, was, I, was, I, was like, I was confused. I'm like, I wait, just got old. Yes. Uh, Ruby Rose from the Under Night in Birth, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> no, no, no. That's literally the, the game. I know. No, that's I know. It's, I'm laughing because <laughs> Under Night in Birth, these acronyms are Till Day, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Semicolon, yeah. all caps, whatever. Exclamation point. Uh, one of our fans, uh, Rival Shade X, will be able to educate me and correct me on that. He's he's into everything and anything all in that in those from those companies. Uh, Ruby Rose from the hit Rooster Teeth series RWBY will also be joining the battle as guest fighter, confirming the rumors that Blayboo creator Toshimichi Mori was planning something to do with the series. Uh, lastly, it says Blayboo Cross Tag Battle is planned for a release sometime in 2018, making next year a fantastic time to be a fan of team fighting games. And somebody else to correct me, but I actually believe that RWBY can also be pronounced Ruby. <laughs> Because Rue, R, Rue, B. I don't know. I don't know much about it, but. Right. No, I, you know, I call this anime the fighting game. Um, yeah. But it also, it also feels like, you know what it kind of feels like? And this is going to sound terrible. It's, it's like, um, you know how you, like, you're hungry and you want to make dinner, mm-hmm. but you don't really have anything specific to make. So you're like. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. what do I have in my house that I can make? Mm-hmm. Like yes. th- three different things of to make yes, a meal. This is perfect. Yes. And so you get like a little bit of leftovers and then like the package of like instant noodles and then the one other thing, mm-hmm. like the can of green beans, you know, and you like just make them all <laughs> and that's your dinner. Like that's what this feels like because just <laughs> none of this makes sense. And I mean, right. it, Blay, Blay Blue and Persona is literally these are Arxis's sprites. Let's put them together. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know, and, and, mm-hmm. and under night, I don't completely understand the connection there. And then Ruby, I have no idea. Can like, you imagine all the lengthy back and forth storyline aspects of this <laughs> game that they're going to, like how wackadoo it's going to be? It's just such a weird, I mean, it's neat, but it's such a weird combination. Right. Now, what do you think of this? <laughs> uh, maybe on a lighter note, you looking forward to Arika's tentatively titled, this is the unofficial name, Fighting Layer EX coming next year. What originally started out as an April Fool's joke this past year in 2017 is now becoming a reality, utilizing characters excluding the Street Fighter franchise ones in Arika's own new fighter, which stems from the old Street Fighter EX series. I'm trying to think which, everyone, which point I want to hit on first. Yeah. Well, uh, what about the seemingly popularity? And I don't have anything against this, but everyone seems to be loving Skullamania. Yeah, and I didn't actually know I, the popularity for the Darum. Is that his name? 
That's right. Yeah. Monster. Um, the Skull, Skull Mania comeback was was crazy, and you know, like I I I tweeted Nick Rocks right away on that because I know he loves Skull. So I I know that he's he's like the character for a long time, and you know I think he's really neat too, and a lot of people do, and so that was like a really that was like it's I, again I feel bad for Capcom, but like. You know, you saw the Abigail reveal, and it's like, okay, that's kind of cool. And then you you see Skull Mania, it's like, holy shit, Skull Mania! Everybody's right. freaking out. You know. Right. Um, my question to you, Anthony. So this game has no name currently, mm-hmm. no official name. Mm-hmm. Um, and the there is the reality which people have brought up, which are these characters, these original characters from game series came out back in the ps1 era right i think fighting later fighting the there fighting was layer was ps2 yeah. well there was street fighter ex1 and 2 on ps1 and street fighter ex3 sorry you're right yes on ps2 on ps3 was it three launch. was it three it can't have been that late yeah was maybe it? i'm wrong on that don't quote. i know one and two were ps1 street fighter ex3 Double check me on that. Because I feel like that's way too late for the series. I was just looking it up recently, too, to PS2. see if I could get it. Oh, it is PS2. Yeah, my, PS2. My apologies. So these are characters that newer generations have no idea who are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I tell people who are like, why is everybody excited for Skellomania? Right. Do you think this game is actually Street Fighter EX4? Because part of the reason I asked this, people pointed out, is... There, this might be an interesting theory you're going to say. Keep going. At one point in the trailer, reuse EX music plays. Really? Uh, I didn't. Okay, I didn't. That I didn't catch. That. I, okay. I, that's a, I've read right. that. But what I did catch was uh, it says, "Here comes a new challenger in Street Fighter Four font." When Skullmania and Darmer are revealed, and I think there's another use of some sort of like Street Fighter font or similar. So there are Street Fighter elements used in that trailer. So there's a couple reasons off the top of my head why I would think they would do this if this long stretch of a theory is accurate. First one I'm assuming is Capcom is aware enough that their name right now isn't in the best of graces. So maybe it's one of those things like, hey, if someone announces this and it seems to be completely unrelated to us right now because right now there's a lot of negativity and what have you and kind of testing the waters don't even say that it's coming from us or at least yet to see the fans reaction because maybe if capcom's name was on it while it would still get fanfare because it's embedded in people's minds right now they might have shit on it a little bit because you couldn't you you could just as easily see this if you if you put your mind in a negative mindset oh my god why is capcom doing street fighter ex4 right the first three never played that well the reason street fighter 4 worked is because they put the hit boxes on a 2d plane and even though ex was a 2d perspective it never got the 3d aspect right and the timing on your hits took longer because it was coming around in a true 3D world, et cetera, et cetera. So if we're being really big gaming nerds, we could just as easily slam Street Fighter EX as much as we can look at it through rose-tinted glasses 
because the character design was always there. It always had some cool character design. So we could we could twist it in all how we angle it. So maybe they feel, well, if we do this to see if we can get people excited and they're not going to crap on it because it's not from us right now during a time where we're trying to fix ourselves. Um, I, that's one – that's that's kind of the main reason I could see that. Uh, the And then the other aspect is just the element of surprise. Maybe next year when they feel better or to kind of fake people out, they can be like, hey – or they could even make up a lie like Arika came to us. We liked what we saw. We saw the reaction. The art direction looked good. And maybe Capcom could come out trying to look like the hero. Like, hey, we're going to help fund this and publish it. We're going to leave it alone. We're going to be more than happy to lend, you know, our handful of Street Fighter franchise characters in here to make it better. And we're going to let Arika do what they're doing. And we're not going to interfere, even though in the end, that's all bullshit. And Capcom's in on it from the get go. What okay? Let me throw that another idea in here. What if they make the April Fools' thing, and and they still say it's an April? Fool's <laughs> no, 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 no. But I mean, <laughs> I guess one of the big questions is: Was it really ever April Fool? Right? Was it? Uh, oh, sure. That I don't. Th- no. I think it was a test. I don't think so. I think it was a test trailer that they put on an April Fools' to play it safe. Yes. So once again, if people crapped on it, they were like, oh. No harm, no foul. Like, could you imagine we were right. going to do another Street Fighter EX? Right. No way. We never right. profited in the first place. So, okay. So let's say, let's say for this example that Capcom's not involved from the beginning. Because mm-hmm. they maybe are, you know. Right. But they, they make that, like, like you're saying, it's just a test to see, okay, let's see how people react. People reacted really great. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, it's a real game that we're coming out with. And maybe at that point or a little bit after is when they go to Capcom and like, hey, would you guys want to work with us and make Street Fighter EX4? You know, when we could make this on our own to make another fighting layer, but what if we do it with you guys, you know, and make it something kind of like another Street Fighter to to help, you know, so that way it helps us sell our game to people who know the Street Fighter characters, and then it helps you, like, in, just in, in you know, revenue from the licensing and, and getting Street Fighter characters out there more and whatever. And... If that was the case, at that point, I think if you announce right away that it's Street Fighter EX4, you kind of run the risk of devaluing the Arika characters. Because everybody then, instead of saying, oh, is Skullmania showing back up? Is Darum? Is Crackerjack? Is D-Dark? Or, you know, is Blair? They're saying, okay, are we getting Ryu? Are we getting Akuma? Are we getting Chun-Li? You know, who are we getting? Right. You know, so I, I think that if they're going to make it EX, I think the best thing to do would be completely go down their route of this is an Arika original game. Show all the characters at points where people are excited to see those characters show up. You know, the people who matter. Like, I mean, not matter, but the, the more hardcore fighting game fans who know this stuff. And then... The last big reveal is, oh, by the way, it's also Street Fighter EX. <laughs> There's all these Street Fighter characters in there. You know, like, I think, but I don't, Dude, I don't know if I want oh, that to happen. I already thought, I'm already answering my own questions and, and uh, arguing myself. I was going to say, one, do they really want to do that and kind of pseudo-compete with themselves with Street Fighter Five out on the market and convolute things right. with another 3D fighter, right? But... I could also counter my own argument there. Maybe this is Capcom's way of getting 
a new fighter out there with Street Fighter characters because they swore up and down SF5 was exclusive to PS4. Could this be their kind of loophole to get a Street Fighter franchise multi-platform? It could be that, or it could be a way for people who to bring back into the fold the people who have just been adamant about hating Street Fighter V and not wanting mm-hmm. to play Right, it, yes. So know? it kind of serves a couple... That's correct. So this kind of potentially solves a few issues it gets you a multi-platform game out to make more money it kind of gets people to stop talking about the negativity around sf5 and you're still going to have your esports type players your evo players kind of maintaining that for a couple more years they're going to probably put out another season pass and all that kind of stuff and then now you can kind of try and remold and mess around with another 3d 2d side perspective fighter with sf characters and then hopefully integrate some of the knowledge learned from Street Fighter 4 and 5 when it comes to how they play. But part of me is like, I don't want that. Like, part well, of me, I'm not, now let me clarify. No, 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 I'm no, not no, saying no, no, want, no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. I'm sorry. What I mean is, part of me is like, I kind of want this to only be Rika characters. Because I, I, I get that, yeah. Because I kind of like the idea of them saying, you know what, we, we love our characters. We think they matter. So we're going to make a game where it's focused on them. And... Because I've seen people online being like, they need to get Street Fighter characters in there. You know, they need to put Chun-Li and Ryu. I'm like, but wouldn't it be kind of nice for them just to, like, have a game that celebrates their own cast instead of just it being Street Fighter and other people, you know? So I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm kind of excited at the idea of it not having Street Fighter, but I also am not going to be shocked one bit if it ends up being EX4. Now I'm getting into the, just the element of greed, now look, I think the art style looked pretty good, and it's still, you know, it's not done yet, and all that kind of stuff. But this just hit me, you know, if they're if we're looking to take chances and bring another fighter out with more of an anime style distinction, and uh, I hate to, here we go, we're mentioning Guilty Gear again, but something of that flavor, rival schools would have been interesting as well. Now, okay, now we're getting interesting. What if it's not Street Fighter EX? What if it's like Rival Schools EX? Now, wouldn't that be interesting? It, you could probably make it work, right? I mean, look, if we're making Blay Blue tag battle hyper-fighting potluck, I mean, you might be able to satisfy two things there in Street Fighter EX with their unique, more anime-style characters mixing with rival schools and leaving Street Fighter out with the exception of maybe Sakura. You know what I mean? They're gonna probably. Have to flip. I mean, it's like, oh, it's like, like no, a, I don't like, like her. I'm not like putting her down. Unofficial. I'm just saying, like, you uh, know Rival I mean? School's like, character, anyway. Yeah, if you were to try and keep it clean of SF, you know, maybe you stick soccer in there, and maybe like Ryu hidden, or maybe one like male Shoto character. But I mean, but like thinking about that, like the gameplay that we've seen so far, like, don't you think that could kind of be Rival Schoolies, like Rival Schoolish? You know, I mean, it's I think it's a little bit different. People wouldn't necessarily want. But, like, I can kind of see that fitting for Rival School's characters. Yeah. Because here's the thing. The issue with, uh, I would go as far as to say, EX and Rival Schools, uh, leaving gameplay and stuff out of it. The artwork, like, you've seen me post pictures from all the Capcom art books and all that crap. One of the things that those two titles have always had is really awesome, uh, you know, just the c- character art and portraits by the artists, you know, the uh, character design. Mm-hmm. But the graphics, the, the 
3D graphics just haven't been there because it was PS1 and early PS2 era. Right. But now we're at a point where we can really make that shine and have that art come through while playing. So, uh, so Arika, if if you want to sell your game to nobody but the most hardcore, and so like five hundred thousand copies, I mean five five thousand copies total, <laughs> then definitely make it Rival Schools versus EX, and that'll that'll sell gangbusters. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, this show might. Uh, I'll just do a couple bullet points after we're done with Evo here, because we're right now at the seventy minute mark. So we'll try and wrap this up realistically in the next 10, 15 minutes or so. Uh, really quick, I was happy uh, on Smash. My girl won Bayonetta, taking first yes. place. Yeah. So that was rather interesting to watch, and it also aired on Disney. Inter- I I did not Which watch it crazy. on Disney, but yep. Um, I made note of this. Uh, not trying to rain on this parade. It's a cool character, but I still just can't get excited for this game. But did you see Darkstalkers Jetta coming to Marvel Capcom Infinite? Yeah. Which, but I mean. <laughs> Again, not to pick on Capcom here, but yeah. it was just the most low-key, like, yeah. reveal of him they could do. Yeah. Like, Combo yep. Fiend literally just, like, picked him in the character select. <laughs> um, and then I would say to round out our Evo talk, at least for now, uh, they're going to try and make it happen again. They tried this a uh, handful of years ago, and it didn't come to fruition, but it's been announced once again. Evo Japan taking place from January 26th to 28th in 2018. So, yeah, that's going to be interesting. You were kind of excited uh, for that one? Um, I'm curious to see how it works out. You know, I know it's been, not been a thing that's really worked out completely before. So, like, can they actually make it happen and make it work properly? Right. You think we'll see... Um, some more top Japanese talent that we haven't been able to see play firsthand over in the U.S., like maybe some other, uh, quote, Japanese gods or players that just haven't been able to make the trek over to the States? Or... Yeah, I mean, that, that's like the, always the hope, you know, is that you get to see the people that, yeah, can't make it. Right. Um, we forgot the big uh, the big Evo uh, America versus Japan uh, Jenga match. I might not be familiar you, with this. What did I miss? <laughs> it was just like they literally streamed like I know one match was God was it uh Chaka Blanca versus uh was it Hungry Box? God, who was she playing against? And there was just like this riveting like Jenga matches between Oh, this was like legit like Jenga legit, Jenga. Yeah, legit get Jenga wow. like the board game. No. Not the board game, but like, you know, the wooden yeah. piece game. Yeah. <laughs> No, I didn't see that. I actually would have probably tuned into that if I'd known that. It's it's in, like one of the interesting things about Evo is how many side streams there are that you cannot know about. Because I know there was um, like the Dragon Ball the Fighters ZZ's uh, stream. <laughs> like, right. It was not easy to know that was going on because mm. it was not part of any. Because there's like you know you have like anime Evo. That's going on yeah, the side. That's like oh, all yeah, like I've heard. Of, yeah, game. I saw that logo. Yeah, yeah, and then you had, and then you had like, you have like, stuff like, dra- like, I don't think Dragon Ball Z was uh, part of Anime Evo, but I, I think Namco Bandai, Bandai Namco, I'm sorry, um, was streaming that on their own and stuff. So it's like a lot of streams you have to kind of like look for beyond right. even just the four proper streams. That's part of the problem. There's just way too much to watch yeah, during Evo. there's a lot going on. 
Right. If I was rich and I, I have my whole place set up with multiple TVs with everything running simultaneously. Oh, like the, but, the, the uh, Batman from yeah. uh, Dark Knight <laughs> set up. Yeah, all, all my Evo and uh, trade show uh, streams. Yeah. But uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do my infamous, uh, some of my bullet points here. But uh, before I do that, um, I want to give a little bit of an appropriate amount of time to remind fans to check out some of Molly's latest reviews at egmnow.com. Some of those recent reviews including Next Machina for PS4. Today's latest release, the Nintendo Switch's Splatoon 2. And then also your wonderful review recently of Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age for PlayStation 4. So What a great game. That's, that's such a good game. Like it's 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 so divisive and I understand why, but... Such a good game. Well, it's, it's because people feel uncomfortable going the furry route with such beautiful characters. So, I, I gave up on worrying about that long ago. <laughs> so so uh, don't forget to check out egmnow.com. Also, a little plug for ourselves. Also, our website, radio.morningproject.com. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on iTunes and leave us wonderful reviews. Uh, the, the negative ones don't make me feel so nice. You can just search for Morning Radio. Also, don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at 24BitAJE with the number 2, the number 4. Find my one and only co-host, Molly Penn on Twitter at M-O-L-L-I-P-E-N. The official Twitter of EGM, which is at EGM Now. And the official Morning Radio feed at Morn Radio, M-O-R-N-R-A-D-I-O. And then to put Molly on the spot, as always, we love our fan mail. Do you have that email address for our fans? Uh, it should be gvgp at morningproject.com. And then... Which is my cue to go check and see if we have any fan mail or not. Yeah, go check it out. I love the fan mail. And so I wanted to be respectful and give that an appropriate amount of time before I do my infamous bullet points uh, rattling down and putting you on the spot and just getting a quick... Uh, Quick set of feelings from you before we wrap out and close down the show for the night. Um, the Atari box. Do you care? I'm so confused by that. Me too. The, the, the least of which is the fact that are all the controller ports in the back of the system? I saw that too. <laughs> I'm not, I'm I don't not, know. Like, uh, I don't, like, what am I playing on that thing? I have a respect for Atari's lineage, uh, the very original Atari, the true Atari, not the name that's been bought out by, I don't know what company's got it right now. I'll be fair, I don't want to pass judgment, but uh, right now it's it's very tough to get excited with everything on the market. I'm more interested in the project of the Polymega uh, for retro gamers. So I don't know if we talked about that in the past, so I'm actually more interested in that right now than the Atari box if the Polymega is, comes through with what it promises. Um... What about uh, the latest Kingdom Hearts three trailer showing off the Toy Story scenario? I must admit, I was I was rather impressed. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what that game is. Like, I don't, <laughs> I can't comprehend it. Like, I literally can't. Like, I don't understand it at all. I don't know how it exists. I don't know how it got popular. I don't know anything about Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> don't say that to the lady of my life. So no, it's funny because she, like my first ex- my first experience with that, with that game was when I went was it when I was staying when did Kingdom Hearts come out? Oh my god, was it two thousand one, two thousand two? Yeah, that sounds right. That was going to be my guess. Oh one or oh two? 
Kingdom Hearts. This is very important. I need to remember how my story goes. Uh, 2002? And was it... Yes. So, it was the, the, the year that I was going to move to Japan to go to school. And I remember... Um, I had had a host family the year before when I was just over there for a month-long exchange, and they ended up kind of becoming my, my surrogate Japanese family. And so my host sister, um, every single time I went to their house, she was playing Kingdom Hearts. Wow. And I was like, oh, what's this game? And then she's like, it's Final Fantasy in Disney. And I'm like, that makes no sense. And I just like didn't even try to understand it. <laughs> and then, like, next I know... It's just just gigantic phenomenon, and I don't right. know why. Hmm. Well, it's crazy because I know some people who have played that game. That's how they got introduced to Final Fantasy because they got into it because of the Disney characters. Which is almost so funny because of... I feel like I feel like when it started, it was like Final Fantasy makes sense, Disney doesn't make sense, and now it's like Disney makes sense, Final Fantasy is what you know. It's like, like I feel like Disney's a way bigger. I mean, not obviously Disney was big property back then, but I think gameplay wise, like it's funny how far Final Fantasy has fallen since then. You know, where it's like, right? Final Fantasy is now the weird thing to be in the combination, whereas originally it's kind of like Disney was a weird thing to be in the combination. Right. So. What? Um... And how have we never had Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest like a proper? mix between that <laughs> well for the same reasons we still haven't gotten akira and uh paul phoenix in the same fighting game yeah but unless you know what someone could actually correct me on that while not a fighting game they might have made it into project x zone but that's a story they, for another no, day they, they yes they were definitely <laughs> in project x zone everybody yeah. at a certain point was in project x zone uh, i have those in my collection just because those are things that i just don't know if i'm ever going to see again yeah, but, uh, I mean the first yeah. one was weird, but then like yeah. the second one was the second it's one like, or third. No, the second I the second one. Yeah, yeah. It's like let's just add every brand we can possibly <laughs> add to this game. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a list? Yeah. Is there a list of like? Uh, oh, it's got to be a mile uh, long. But where's like the list of actual? Did we review it? Wow, I guess we did. Um, because <clears throat> it started as Namco X Capcom. Or cross Capcom, sorry. That's right, yes. <sighs> okay, so so we have Ben and Amco, all stuff that that includes. Capcom and Sega. And then Project X uh, Zone 2 introduces Fire Emblem Awakening and Xenoblade Chronicles. <laughs> I, I guess I guess it. I'm missing Konami though. Like Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I'll, I've only got a few bullet points left. Uh, did you pick up or download Polestar for XB1 or PS4? No. And I'm also like, I don't know what that new one is. I, I saw you talking about it on Twitter. Oh, uh, it's only on Xbox One right now. It's uh, Zed Blade, which yes. in Japan was known as Operation Ragnarok. I don't think I've ever played that. And the story behind that is... Zed Blade Operation Ragnarok got an MVS release, and according to a Wikipedia article I read, the AES home version was completed and done, but was never released. Okay. It's a shooter that stems from 1994. It is a horizontal shooter. You get to choose your pilot, one of three, 
and then kind of your layout of weaponry, somewhat akin to like a Gradius. So I downloaded it just to download it because I think I've seen it on emulation in the past, but I don't know if it didn't run properly or what have you. Um, but you want this, the one-sentence review? Sure. It's a poor man's UN squadron. Hmm. But you know what? For 8 bucks, and to say you've got a title that never came home legally outside of the MVS arcade board, it's, you know, it's certainly not uh, bad. Uh, if you only have the money for one shooter... Uh, while you will pull every last hair out of your head on this, uh, it is a beauty, uh, a love letter of sorts to the original R-Type. One should download Polestar, which aside from owning it, unless one owns a Neo Geo unit or Neo Geo CD, which has horrendous load times, this is the first time one can legally own this at home on a console that's not a Neo Geo. It only took 22 years, approximately. Yeah, it's interesting. So, like I said, I, I, I had, I, I think I might have heard of it at some point, but then just like slipped out my on my mind. But I've never actually played it or anything. So that was, I was like, I don't know what this is, and that's really crazy. Yeah. Since we're on the SNK topic again, the last thing I have on that: What are your feelings on Samurai Showdown Five Special coming to PlayStation Four and Vita uncensored later this summer? I'm, I'm really mixed on this. Um. Because, like, I understand why people wanted this. Because this was mm-hmm. a release that got, like we were just talking about, a game that just didn't get a whole lot of of, of um, releases out there. You know, I, I think, was it ever actually even on a home console? Yeah, Sam 5. Yeah, there was controversy because unless one got in on the earliest of prints which were uncensored very quickly thereafter, at the very least, American... AES copies got censored. I think, and I'm not lo- I'm not cheating. I'm going off memory. The Japanese version, I think, was technically Samurai Showdown Five Zero, because this takes place storyline wise, I believe, before the original Sam Show, and then in the U.S. it was Samurai Showdown Five. But most of the copies circulating, at least in the states, was censored. Yeah, so it was like a, a release that like. Especially like on no like non Neo console, it it didn't never exist. Um, oh, so and I, can I correct you on that? I, oh. I didn't, and this isn't me being a smarty pants. I only know this because I looked it up recently. I completely forgot about this. I believe the original Xbox got a version, but I think that wasn't this version. No, it was. I think it was still jacked up or something. Whatever. Because yeah. because I, also isn't that the case of the Sam Show anthology on PS2? Because I had five, oh, but it didn't have this version of five. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, this is aside from probably either import AES carts or very early English units. Yeah, this is, I think, the only way to get it in its original purest form. Yeah, because I, I, so I don't, I don't know the full story of what. Uh, specials. The other thing to note with this, and I only know it's an upgraded. This. It's upgraded version of. Uh, Sam Show 5, the last official game for the Neo Geo platform. A further upgrade version of Sam Show 5 Special Final Edition was located at 7. Okay. Um, and so there there were actual changes between 5 and 5 Special. Yeah. Um, the characters of Sankuro and Yumeji were replaced with Sam Show bosses, uh, Amoxa and Zankuro, and uh, 
The hidden character Poppy was replaced by Sam Show 2 boss Mizuki. Um, <laughs> and was playable without the need for hidden code. So there were like certain changes. Um, but I just... Uh, and I know people are going to yell at me for this. You know, some people will. Some people will understand. But I... And we've talked about this over and over on this show, I know. You know, but just being a Neo Geo fan and just we've gone through so many times having to wait for the games we really want, having to wait for the games they know people want, you know. And like like this whole like we were just talking about that that Zed Blade game, mm-hmm. Ragnarok. Um, right now it's only on Xbox. Don't know why that is. You right. Know? And Switch, I think, just this week or just got or is getting like the original samurai showdown that's correct and it's like okay great now i wait however long for the one i really want which is sam show 2 right you know and we display the waiting game so often and i think that their goal with this project and which has seemed to have been so far is they've been picking kind of the biggest fan favorites of every franchise mm-hmm. for king of fighters i mean no no we didn't get king of fighters i'm sorry uh, we got Last Blade 2, and we got Mark of the Wolves. And Are you talking about the ones with online elements? Yes, I'm talking about the ones okay, that, that okay. Code, okay. code Mystics, yeah. whatever their name is, are yeah. doing. Um, we're getting Windjammers. We got Metal yes. Slug 3 as the first yes. Metal Slug. Yes. You know, so they've been hitting the games that people have really, really wanted and have been the known fan favorites. So I kind of felt like if they're giving us a Sam show, they shouldn't be giving us anything but two until we have two. And if we had two already, then go ahead and give me five special. But I don't want five special until I have two. I'm still keeping fingers crossed that by some chance, because I don't want to complain too much. They've been between uh, Arcade Archives and Code Mystics. So I'll give them both credit. We've been getting a lot of great stuff. I'm just hoping the boat hasn't sailed yet on Sam show two. Which I think uh, I'm kind of wondering if it has in the term of it's going to be a, an, an ACA release and not one I of the releases. Right, right. You know? Right. I mean, I'll still definitely snag it. I mean, to be fair, uh, what, uh, Switch got Mark of the Wolves through ACA. So it doesn't mean they can't share games. Oh, that's, yeah, I didn't think of that. But I, I think... <clears throat> I didn't think of that. I think if I was them, I would be staying away from the games that for certain uh, Hamster was going to be re-releasing at this point. But I think, that did Hamster also do Metal Slug 3, right? But I don't know if Metal Slug 3 through ACA is on PS4 yet or not. I, I want, I've got something I have to say about the Arcade Archives or Hamster and that's not SNK related. I want to know why the hell have we not received the Arcade Perfect conversion of the original Darius yet? Is it out anywhere? Yeah. Hey, Japan. So I and, and I mean for a while. Yeah, I think my feeling is like it feels like as soon as they started I the fi- Neo Geo stuff, they stopped I w- everything. Yeah, else. I wonder if it's done. We didn't get Atomic Robo Kid either. Yeah, I was waiting for that one, but um, but aside from that, speaking of classic games, there's a classic style game that's new that I will plug. It was an indie game, and I didn't know this. It came out on PS4 this past winter. I don't know how the hell I missed it, because I read about it years ago. It originally came out on PC, and I think Steam around 2012-ish. Long story short, a slightly tweaked and arguably superior version hit 3DS last week. Cursed Castilla. Oh, yeah. 
Have you seen that? It's this is I think uh isn't this one of the two big uh Ghosts and Goblins kind of homages? Yeah. You got it. Yeah. I was impressed. I downloaded it on three DS and uh, did the first couple areas. I was impressed. More so impressed because it was only done by two people. There was a programmer and then someone that did the sound, and that was it. But it was a great job. Yeah, I've heard good things about it. Yeah, so if someone out there is wondering, it's a little pricey on 3DS. It's 12 bucks, but uh, if you're if you're into arcade-style games and classics like that, and this is all done from the ground up, new assets, uh, definitely pick up Cursed Castilla. Um, and, and how they do it on 3DS is kind of cool, whereas the bottom screen is set up like it looks like an arcade cabinet, and the top screen is like the monitor. Uh, so really, really good. Also, I don't know if I can't remember if this was on the last recording if it had made it in or not. But uh, I don't know if we talked about Radiant Silver Gun is now backwards compatible on Xbox One. Oh yeah, that's great to see again. And I wanted to talk about Ca- Castlevania Netflix. It's in my queue, but I haven't watched it yet. I know there's four episodes. I've heard a lot of positive things. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I haven't either. And yeah, so yeah, I want to give that already, a shot. They've already decided on like a season two, I think. Yeah, I think they announced first season's four episodes. I think they announced eight more. Yeah, episodes. I think I think the second season is doubled. Yeah, so uh, that's kind of exciting. I'm gonna yeah. maybe try and see that this weekend. So uh, with that, maybe next time we'll also try to get some Splatoon two time in Splatoon two. This will give away the recording date. Hit today. Uh, I picked up a copy after work, but I did download the Nintendo Switch online app, which I have not used yet. Uh, maybe you and I can talk about that next time and see how great or horrendous. It is. And so. I I have a Switch since last time. <laughs> oh. Well, congratulations. Yeah, it, I was... It, it was it was one of those cases where it was all of a sudden like, hey, the Switch is actually in stock on Amazon. And it'll be there for like 10 minutes. What do you do? And I bit <laughs> the bullet. So now, now, well, now I'm good. trying to find things for myself to sell to make up for the money I paid for the Switch. So... Mm. Well... Which I would have, you know, I, I would have taken a lot more advantage of the GameStop trade in it had I, had I realized the very next day, or I'm sorry, 48 hours later, I was going to be getting a switch. And uh, after after this recording, are you going to be just as cool of a person as I am and stay up another two hours to try and get in on the limited edition Sonic Mania vinyl? Oh, is it coming? Interesting. <laughs> So here's the deal. You can probably you probably don't have to be a nutcase like me and stay up till midnight. So this is what I think is going to happen. The UK data disks, where data disks emanates from, they're releasing Sonic Mania vinyl, the limited edition one, at uh, if it's midnight, I think it's 8 a.m. British time. So hmm. that's midnight Pacific time. Um, there's, I think going to be three versions of it. The limited edition one is like the multicolored splattered rainbow style color of the vinyl. And I think it's going to be about 20 pounds. So I do legit believe that's probably going to sell out in a matter of minutes. Mm -hmm. If one does miss it from the UK, I notice a lot of the dated discs vinyl have been getting distributed stateside by Mondo. So, which is actually how I did the Gunstar Heroes one last month. I did not do data discs directly, which I've done for a couple titles like Streets of Rage 2, which by the way, on a side note, I don't know if that's ever come here. But if you don't want to do the import with PayPal, that'll probably come here via 
uh, Mondo, also for nerds into the vinyl. Sonic Mania, while if you look at dated discs releases of vinyl, they're all numbered. I think they're up to like number 13 now, the most recent one being Altered Beast. While this one is coming from dated discs, it doesn't fall into their numbered category. Hmm. So that goes live in two hours. And uh, yeah. It's funny, so we'll with, see. you know, I'm already feeling myself a little bit on some games saying I want the Switch version instead. <laughs> and like, I think Sonic Mania, I think I really want on Switch. Just, I don't know, like, like, for some reason, like, it feels like it belongs on Switch versus like PS4. Right. Yeah, I, I have a feeling I might pick that up on a couple, you know, the $20 shot. I might do that on two consoles. But um, it's going to be good. Yeah, I agree. So our 60-minute episode of GVGP30 has turned into a 95-minute Pier 6 brawl. So And, and we, we, do, we do have email, though. Oh, we do? Yes, that I, mm-hmm. I want to read because it's actually it is Evo-themed. Okay. Um, and this comes from uh, our, our good friend Aaron, and he actually had a different question as well about Genesis stuff that we can tackle maybe next time. Okay. Um, but it says, hey, hey guys, did you get a chance to watch Evo at all this year? We obviously did. Uh, if you do, I'd love to hear your thoughts, which we gave. Um, I love the fighting game community. There were some great upsets and clutch plays. If you didn't get a chance to watch Takedo's run in the top eight in particular, it's a much watch as a Street Fighter fan. He was as unbeatable as anyone I've seen. And it's it's funny um, because like Takedo's like post win interview where he's like you know like was it fighting games are great oh yeah that was such a great little you know comment for him to make uh he says also near or gravity rush 2 we'll hopefully get both uh which first though let me know all the best keep the great work aaron i would say boy that's tough uh, you want me to tackle it first because i'm the uh yeah. the true expert how would you pick uh, I'm, I'm kidding obviously <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know shit compared to Molly. Let's start with that. But I would say, you know, simple answer is if you play the original Gravity Rush, if you love that and you love the art direction and that's, you know, the style. If you really like the first Gravity Rush, I would say get Gravity Rush 2 first. I'm not saying it's because it's better than um, Nier. I say that for a couple reasons. As Molly has stated in the past, we don't know how much longer it's going to be readily available new. Yeah. And I do feel in a weird way... Near will probably be easier to find. Also, near is a different type of experience. It's it gets classified as an RPG, but it's it's certainly more of an action RPG, and it's not a fifty or one hundred type of hour RPG. And that is certainly not a knock on it. It has multiple endings. Near is something I feel you have to be more in a mood for, and its uniqueness, and it's certainly worth it. And it's certainly worth a buy because I'm a huge fan of Platinum Games. It all comes down to if you love the first Gravity Rush, jump on the sequel before it's gone and then go to near thereafter, which will be a completely different style experience. I would go the same order, but I'm going to say for the reason that um, I think near is going to screw up your expectations for games for a little bit. Um, I think back to when I played Dark Souls, and it was really hard for me to play certain other games right after Dark Souls because I wanted them to be as good as Dark Souls in certain ways. Um, 
so I think that when you beat Nier, like its its style of storytelling and gameplay is is going to spoil you for at least a little bit. So I I think for the sake of Gravity Rush Two and giving it a fair shake, I would play that first, play it properly, and then go to Nier. And then after after near for like the next month, play nothing but like triple A Western games, like <laughs> Call of Duty and Battlefield, and like that, you know. And and then you'll get back to wanting to play Japanese games again. It's almost like taking a uh, uh, taking in coffee beans after smelling too many uh, colognes and perfumes. Yeah. He has to reset his palate. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I would do. Yeah, uh, like like Anthony says, do Grady Rush two first. And then go to near. And one more time as we close out, who is the uh, person that wrote to us? And does it say where they're from? Aaron. Or uh, it doesn't say where he's from. All right. Well, thank you, Aaron. Mysterious, Always appreciate Mysterious state and mysterious city in All right. the world. Well... Once again, as always, feel free, fans, to write in. I love the email. Uh, you never know what's coming. It's always a mystery, and I like that aspect. And uh, if you've hung in there this long, thank you once again. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the downloads. I hope you've enjoyed. And on behalf of uh, my co-host, Molly, I'm Anthony. Thank you for listening. And until next time. <laughs> <laughs>